You're listening to the Party Girl Podcast with Chelsea Curtis, episode 85. So if you didn't know, I'm so excited because I just got back from Startup Ignition day one in Lehigh, Utah. And I am just honestly, (laughs) I'm like, have a huge headache. My brain hurts so much, but the good kind of hurt Um, because I learned so much. And I am a huge, huge, huge supporter of continuing education. And I feel like it's so incredibly important to spend the time and invest the money in yourself to basically have a mentor take you further than you could go by yourself. Now, as somebody that's been an entrepreneur for the past seven years, I feel like a lot of my biggest struggles have been um, trying to do it alone and saying, I could figure that out. I can do that. I don't need someone to help me and show me the way. And I have to admit that that's been faulty thinking and it's really stunted my growth and I've had to pay for it by, you know, basically stopping going backwards, picking up the pieces and moving forward. And so this, this whole, um, boot camp could not have come at a better time for me just because I've really been struggling and I, um, I need to feel inspired. And so what I what I hope to do is share with you some of the highlights of my notes from each of the days. And so I apologize in advance if it's a little bit of like a brain dump all over the place. But I just want to remember what I've been learning. And I hope that this makes some sense. Um, again, if the takeaway that you get from these episodes is that you need to invest in yourself because whatever price it costs for you to be inspired and to not um, have to make those mistakes on your own is go- going to be worth it in the long run. And so um, one of the things that they talked about right in the beginning was that, you know, having a business um, needs to be like a pair of glasses that you wear. And glasses have two lenses, right? And when you put them on, both of them go on at the same time. So the one lens is that you're creating a product or service that you hope will change the world, that will solve problems um, make life more fun, um, or bless people's lives, right? Like you're not just hopefully wanting to create something that's garbage. And the second part is a lot of people want to be able to scale and be successful. And so you can't really have one without the other. Like you can't say like, Oh, I just want to be successful, but then not really put the time or thought into a product that is helpful and solving problems and, and giving people fun or pleasure without, you know, without doing that work. Um, you can't just be successful and say, yeah, my goal is to be successful. Like that's fine, but you actually have to do something. And so as an entrepreneur, you think, you know, if this were easy, everyone would do it. Right. And it's not necessarily that life has to be all about grinding, grinding, grinding all the time. But I think if you put in the work and you're willing to stay up the late nights and build something incredible and just work really hard at it, um, that you're going to be rewarded. And there's actually a secret formula to doing that. It's not just saying like, I have this great idea. I'm going to put all of my savings into it and be really foolish and, and put all of my time into it and it will be successful. That's kind of like, and this is what we learned is it's kind of like making a science experiment hypothesis and not actually testing it, just going off of your own guesses. And I have never thought of business as a science experiment. And when you think about a science experiment, usually you can have predictable outcomes if you're doing an experiment that's been done before, that has had a successful outcome before. And so here is the science 
scientific method to being a successful entrepreneur. And it may surprise you the order of steps because I know I was taken back. So step number one is discovery. And what that means is, is your business idea a good one? Does it really solve problems? Do you understand who you're helping? And it really surprised me because I think a lot of people go from this step to like, I'm going to scale my business. Um, we're going to talk more about the other, the other steps, but discovery is, you know, learning as much as you can doing the market research needed to figure out exactly who your product or service serves and exactly what you do. What is your niche? Like, who do you help? Um, it's not, it's not just like you have this great idea and then you roll forward with it, which has been my experience. And now looking back, I'm like, that was kind of a big mistake. You know, um, what have you discovered about the market? What have you discovered about the needs? What have you discovered that is different that you bring to the table? The next step in this scientific method is validation, which is a piece that a lot of us miss. And I know in a few episodes back, you heard me talk about the mom test. So validating your idea is something that a lot of us do not do. And it's so unfortunate because the validation piece is where you could kill a lot of bad ideas, um, or a lot of half-baked ideas that you were like, oh, that actually doesn't work, or that's actually already been done, or that's actually not very unique. Like, It needs to have this wow factor. And so what we learned about was something called the wow factor test, which is an actual company that comes in, gets basically a whole panel of people for you that you that would be your target demographic, and they do something called the six hats test. And what they do is there's all of these different hats, basically all of these different tests that it goes through. And the first one is the white hat and it's all about facts. Like what are the facts about the business? What does it do? What does it serve? Like what questions do you have? It's non-emotional. We're just trying to get information on how this works and what it is. Then the next hat that we put on is called the yellow or sorry, the red hat. And in the red hat, we um, just go off of a gut rating. Like after hearing all the information, what's your gut rating on a scale of one to 10? And it's interesting because they said with this test, they've never ever seen someone move up more than one point after revising. And they've never seen any idea that was a gut rating of a five or lower, excuse me, a five or lower come back and actually be successful. And so what was your gut response on a scale of one to 10, 10 being like a wow? The next was the yellow hat. And the yellow hat was like, what positive things do you like about this? So even if you rated it low with your gut response on the idea, what about this idea did you love or what positive feedback do you have? Now, the main thing and the most important part about all of this is you have to stay in your lane with, if we're talking about, you know, what's positive um, or if we're talking about something that's negative, you can't cross over. You have to keep it positive because if you say, well, I like this, but that's a loaded question. We're just trying to get only the positive responses, right? So the next is the black hat, which is what was the thing that you didn't like about it or what things did you um, kind of turn you off about it? Then after you do that, you do the green hat, which is what about this would you change or improve to just make it better in your opinion? And then once you've kind of said that, you go to the blue hat, which is if you changed it, if that thing that you recommended actually happened and it changed, would you change your rating? And so validation is a piece of the entrepreneurial journey that I honestly did not know about. And I'm thinking about this like, man, if I would have validated any one of my business ideas, 
um, in a way that, you know, was, was helpful for me. How much better could I have marketed to my customers? How much better would I be able to sell my e-courses? Or how much better would I know how to tell people um, about what I have? Because you don't really think about your business this way. Sometimes you just think about it the way that you want to think about it. Like, it's my business, baby, and it's beautiful, right? Um, When the truth is, like, all of us have business ideas that need to be refined and honed, and they're really crappy in the beginning. But because we love our ideas so much, we don't we almost don't want to put ourselves in the situation for it to be um, told that it's ugly or told that it has parts that are unappealing. So I loved learning about that. Um, so the next step in this scientific method is the efficiency piece. Like how is a biz- business model? Is it running efficiently? Next is the scalability. Is it able to scale? Is this a business model that can grow? Um, is it sustainable? And is this growth something that you can continue on? Can you onboard people? Do you have the organization to do that? And then the last is um, being able to, is it sellable and or renewable to keep as something that you can have as your business to pay you and your employees year after year? Um, I I, um, really, really loved hearing from Gary Rhodes. He was the second keynote speaker and his whole topic was what can we do? And he said a lot of big companies and corporations, they have this scientific method down where if you're like a Johnson and Johnson baby product, for example, and you want to develop a new baby shampoo, you can do so. And you can do these focus groups and you can test it and you can just test packaging and all this stuff because they have millions of dollars in their advertising budgets to play around. And it's so funny how when you're brand new, like if I wanted to start something like that, I wouldn't have the resources to really get that market testing information done. And he said there's so many products that they actually just scrap and throw away that you never even see come to market because they're bad ideas. And after market testing them, they just never really roll them out. And and some of them were like, I, I thought they were kind of unbelievable. Like one was Colgate, the toothpaste company was trying to do frozen meals. And it's like, even just thinking about that, I'm like, ugh, right? Toothpaste. Like I'm sure Colgate could make a yummy frozen meal, but seeing like some brown rice, broccoli and chicken on a plate with the Colgate like logo, it just rubbed me the wrong way. And it's funny how they just knew like, that's not the thing that people want from them. And so it didn't get a good gut reaction. Like don't waste even more money trying to roll it out. And, um, it's kind of funny, right? Because when you think about that way, you're like, Oh, that makes so much sense. But he said, as entrepreneurs, what we need to do is we think, what can we do? So these big corporations, they have really deep pockets and they can make, um, they can make those guesses and they can do those experiments and it doesn't really make their business go under. But a lot of new entrepreneurs, we are just guessing because we never validate our idea. And then we spend our life savings, um, with an idea that was crappy and that was not well thought out and that we didn't research to see who else was doing it and what we could contribute differently. And so he shared some examples. And one of the examples that he shared was this Japanese man, um, Hitaku, I can't remember his first name. Hitaku was his last name. And he invented children's toys and he was very successful. And they said, how do you invent so many amazing toys? And he said, you know, when I invent a toy, I test it out with children and family and friends. And and when I test it out, I can always tell it's going to be a success if the first time they see it, they say, wow, that's really cool. And Gary Rhodes had mentioned that he that with this wow factor test, that was the kind of the same thing is if people weren't wowed by an idea, 
enough to say, wow, that's unique. If they said something like, oh, that's nice. You know, that'll be great. Yeah, you should do that. It didn't become successful. And he's like, that's nice. Or, oh, cool. You you should do that. Really translates to, I'm not interested enough to actually spend money with that idea. And therefore they are very, very hard ideas to get off the ground. And so as an entrepreneur, like we can be more creative by enabling constraints around an idea. And I thought that was so funny because I was like, wait, 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 don't you think we would be like more creative without constraints? Um, And he's like going on and lecturing and talking about how when he gave his marketing and business students constraints that they became more creative because now they have to work within this perimeter. So here's a real life story of something that happened. Like there was a forest. I can't remember where it was. I want to say in Colorado. And they had these beetles that were eating and causing these trees to become diseased. I'm sure you've heard of this before. It's a common problem. And just leave it to the government to let the National Forest Service be like, oh, yeah, that's happening. (laughs) We'll just have to wait for a fire, I guess, to clear them out, you know. But like all these trees are getting diseased. These beetles are taking over. And so he asked our group, what can we do? And obviously the answer was already um, there, but he was like, I'm going to ask you, like, these are the constraints. It's the National Forest Service. We've got all these trees. What can we do? And so my mind thought, you know, like, what can we turn this wood into? I'm like, could we you know, go in and haul out the trees. Would that be okay? He's like, yeah, but what questions do you have about it? You know, like, are there, are there seasons that would be good to harvest this wood? Are there problems with the wood? What other questions do you have? You know, these beetles are attracting, attacking the trees. What questions do you have? And I was like, man, this is such an interesting exercise. It was really hard for me to think beyond, okay, so we have wood and I don't know how these beetles are diseasing the trees, but maybe we can salvage the wood. And he actually played a video, you should Google this because it was amazing, of these beetles that caused these trees to go diseased and to die. And what happened is when they started to infect and eat these trees, instead of, in my mind, I didn't even think to ask like what happens to the wood, but what happens to the wood is it turns it this like grayish blue color. And because of that, it actually is really visually beautiful inside and it has a completely different look. And so there's companies that come in, they take out the trees from the service, the like for the forest service, and they do it in a way that's not damaging the rest of the forest. So it's helping remove those diseased trees and it's giving them equipment and supplies to create products like cabinets and they have like um, briefcases and what were some of the phone cases. And it was so interesting to me because this different colored wood is now a luxury item because it's handpicked um, diseased trees. And I was laughing so hard at that. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I was on the right track, but I had no idea that that's, that's what the result would be is this really uniquely colored wood that was super, super cool. And so that was just kind of a fun little test. Like what can we do? And he did a few of these tests, like what could we do to make this different? And so, um, as we got through, he's like some secrets to making your business more unique and like different approaches you can have is to make it unique and different. Um, something that you should think about with the product is like, what hurdle is this getting you over? What does this product or service solve? Um, what is a positive personal connection that you can make with the product and the potential buyer? And there's different ways to do that. You can make a personal connection with 
it being like a heartwarming message. Like we're saving trees, you know, we're saving the environment. Maybe it's funny. Maybe it supports a cause and gives back in a, um, a way that helps society or those less fortunate. And maybe if one of those isn't an option, he said that use babies, kids, or pets, cause that always sells, which is so funny. Um, but one of the humorous examples that he gave was like, okay, here is this guy, he's a plumber. You know, how does he advertise himself and compete? Cause he doesn't have the budget to be on Facebook ads or in the phone book or whatever. Um, what does he do to compete? He's got himself, he's a handyman and he's got his truck. And so everyone's like, oh yeah, we can, he can shrink wrap his truck or, you know, put something shrink wrap. I don't think that's right. What am I, what am I trying to say? Wrap his truck, right? Find a wrap for his truck. And, um, he's like, yeah, but go further than that. Like he's got to be unique. He's got to stand out. So then he goes to this slide, which I never would have thought of this, but the way that the guy had wrapped his truck, it was on the, it said the name of the company and on the door of the truck, it said, um, you know, aim plumbing. And then the door of the driver's side was the sitting profile of a man on a toilet with the pants to the ankles. So it kind of looked like it was like a <laughs> a toilet um, with the pants to the ankles sitting down. And then it kind of lined up perfectly with him in the driver's seat. And if he wore his Navy uniform and turned to the side, it looked like he was sitting on the toilet while he was driving. I don't know if I explained that correctly, but it was hilarious. And the, the teacher, Ms. Gary Rhodes said, if this was your business, like if this was um, your a guy in your community, would you be so impressed by this? And would you remember that? Is that memorable? Is it funny? Is it is it solving a problem? We just laugh and we're like, yeah, that's so funny. And I'm never going to forget that, right? Is that was such a creative way for a little one-off plumber to have people make a big splash into the word of mouth alone, right? It's so huge. So those are kind of my biggest takeaways from today. I cannot wait to dive into more of the lessons tomorrow. So I hope you'll join me as I share even more. And I hope that as you are moving forward with your entrepreneurial ventures and your ideas, that you're really thinking about this and you're taking it into account of how you can be more effective in your business and really take that scientific approach of validating your idea and making sure that you're doing the work in the beginning to see if it's even something that people want before you spend years of your life and your whole savings trying to force something that just isn't going to happen. And I'll catch you guys tomorrow. Bye.